They will be bringing their exciting summer camp season to its culmination with a production of The Wizard of Oz, and that seems very appropriate for the Creative and Performing Arts Academy of Northeast Pennsylvania in Scranton. Over its seven-year history, Kappa has offered children of all ages a place to feel safe while exploring what it means to be who they are in this world they find themselves in. Dorothy's quest in The Wizard of Oz involves growing through risk-taking, making new friends, and in the end, as Linda Hansen tells us, Dorothy has become much fuller in being, readier to take on the world. And isn't that what Kappa is hoping for their students? Participation in acting class, for example, isn't about being in the spotlight and heading for Broadway necessarily, but it's where children are encouraged to think creatively, where they develop self-confidence as they step out of their comfort zone in an environment where they are allowed and encouraged to make mistakes and learn from them. Through such experiences in theater, children work together, share responsibility, compromise, and count on each other to accomplish a common goal, crucial for children of all ages. Add in the COVID pandemic, which turned their world upside down, just as the cyclone in Kansas did on Dorothy's farm, young people's journeys have become even more difficult. The pandemic presented obstacles to Kappa in realizing its mission in working with young people, but Kappa weathered the storm, and under the steady guidance of co-founders Sherry and Michael Melcher, they continue to develop the variety of programs they offer at their home base at the historic Ritz Theater in downtown Scranton under the direction of its new executive officer, James Olecki, who has had a kind of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz experience in life himself. He grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania, went off to New York, and had a remarkable career. And he has chosen to return recently because, after all, there's no place like home. We had a chance to speak by phone with Sherry Melcher and James Olecki to learn more about post-COVID Kappa and the upcoming summer camp season. Kappa is a program that's open to all kids. You know, this is not an audition-based program. This is a program, um, as Michael would like to say, just like the one he grew up in and really changed his whole trajectory. Mike was a kid, super smart, but hated school. Get, getting into a little bit of trouble probably here and there. And the arts really saved him, working with people who really cared about him and, and realized that he was talented. And that's what's going on here. You know, kids that are struggling in school, kids that are questioning their sexuality, kids that are questioning their gender, kids that just need a safe space to be in. And this really hit home over the pandemic. So where we first did a, a big pivot right before the pandemic, I think was probably the most well-attended, kind of the biggest numbers Kappa had experienced since we've been in the RIT, which is now year seven. So right before the pandemic, we were serving, oh my gosh, hundreds of kids through production. It was getting a little bit too high, in my opinion. So we were, we were about to tone things down a bit for the spring and, you know, cap sessions more than we had. And then the pandemic hit. And so what we did to pivot is I had about 20 to 25 very active families that 
just could not imagine their kid <laughs> being in their bedroom one minute longer. So this was around week four or five, somewhere in there, you know, somewhere in April heading into May. And then we talked about how we were going to create this bubble here at the Ritz. And these 20 kids were going to be extremely careful about who they're around. And that main goal is to keep everyone healthy. And we did that for almost two straight years. Now, by the time schools started to open up, some of those kids went back to brick and mortar. Some of them actually transitioned into a careful theater internship program and are still here almost for full days doing work in lighting design and building and stage management and directing and things. So that piece of the program kind of morphed into a very specific internship. But that saved, that's just saved everybody. It saved those 20 kids. <laughs> it saved my staff, who that was the hardest thing to even consider letting these talented people go. So we've took four, four, five, six years to build, to get to that point, and then to have to say, you know, we can't, we can't support that. That was just heartbreaking. So that cyber campus really did save, save things here at the Ritz. We were able to do so much with those kids. Choral work, music theory, health and wellness workshops. I mean, it wasn't just arts-based. It was a lot of social-emotional learning. I mean, these kids, that's, that's all that they're around, just those 20 kids. So the social piece had to be handled really delicately. But they were also able to do a full production of The Addams Family <laughs> right in the middle of COVID with face masks. So a little bit of normal, as much as we could provide, and we were able to do that for at least about a year and a half. That really saved everybody. You talk about the caliber of the teachers. Tell us a little bit more about this assembly of artists who are part of CAPA. Well, again, you know, when we started CAPA as a program, it was just after school. And after school meant maybe one or two shows a year, a couple acting classes. Very reasonable. You know, it was the summertime that was most active. Four two-week sessions, uh, big titles every two weeks. I mean... That's what Michael and I were used to, and that's the program we kind of learned a lot about how to how to put these together and how to direct them in a way that's most successful in another area in Pennsylvania. So when we moved up here, that model was used, but it really, for a long time, it was the Michael and Sherry show, and we couldn't really handle that for much longer. So things started to build. The first thing we absolutely needed was getting Michael a bit of help, especially on the technical side. And so we hired an amazingly brilliant woman. She just graduated. Her actual graduation ceremony, she went back to Ohio to attend. I think that's January. But just so brilliant, so wonderful. And at the same time is also a triple threat. (laughs) So now she's starring in, she's Jill March in Little Women. She's able to pull off any main principal role we need to throw at her while being our resident lighting designer. So she was kind of first stop, and that was during the cyber campus programming. So she helped with all of that. She helped lead the workshop. She helped lead a workshop on just knitting, you know, just to get the kids to relax. She directed a few of our shows. Just so, so talented. So Taryn, thankfully, is still here, although she is leaving soon for maternity leave, and we could not be more happy for her. So she'll be doing some remote work from Binghamton is where she lives currently. So things started with Taryn, and then next came Brenton, who, again, so talented. I mean, it's one thing to have a tech team that's so strong, 
but we're lucky here at the Ritz that the tech team are the resident artists. <laughs> so difficult for them, for sure, especially when we're doing main stage shows. I just don't know how they're doing it. Like Brenton is our hair and makeup designer, and in some cases also wardrobe. And he's also the one that's starring in the show. So like last weekend, we did Shrek the Musical as a main stage, and Brent just was an absolute hilarious Lord Farquaad. And although Michael and I knew Brent with another project, the Harry Connick one that we started in Bethlehem is when we first met Brent. He was in that show, but we lost touch and then realized over the pandemic, I think I saw all over Facebook that he was looking for a place in the, in the Pocono Mountains or near there. And he was ready to leave New York. He was done with that. And he came to the area and we helped to find him a rental. And he's still here, thankfully, because he's the most, oh my gosh, so, 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 so talented. And then from there, it kind of grew. So our sound designer, a costumer, so many volunteers now through the CAPTA program. So we're really lucky to have the team that we do. You've been doing summer camp and young people have benefited summer after summer. Tell us about the joys of summer camp at CAPTA. Summer camp is so fun. Again, this was the format that Michael and I first learned. So it's the most confident in a lot of ways about how it's put together, what's needed. I mean, every year we certainly learn something new and every every group is a little bit different. But as far as the format of it, I think is pretty strong. It's so neat to see this tends to be the entryway for a lot of new kids to try Kappa. So summer camp is where we'll definitely see, let's say, a cast of 40 kids. 15 of them might be new, um, which is not the case usually during the year. During the year, that's usually when sort of the regular kids, the most active kids kind of come back. You know, they don't want to take a break from a show to a show. They just want to go and jump right into the next title, which is great. But other kids, we only see in the summer. So in a lot of ways, that's super, super cool because you see how they have developed as far as their maturity and readiness to maybe try something a little bit a little bit more difficult or challenging this summer. So that's always exciting to see these kids come back that we might have lost touch with a little bit during the school year, and then here they walk in. <laughs> Some of them I don't even recognize, especially the boys, you know, especially our middle school boys. I look up, and they're about six inches taller than me at this point. So that's always the most fun, especially working with the boys, too. When I was teaching full-time, it was primarily at an all-boys school, private all-boys school in, in Philly. So working with boys through a voice change is just something that is just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of what I do in a way just because it's who I'm presented with primarily. So that's fun at Kappa too, you know, boys who are feeling insecure about their voice, you know, it's squeaking, they can't hit the notes they used to hit, now they're feeling bad about it all. So this is a safe environment for that. I uh, hope the boys here at least feel like they're, they're still being celebrated and we're always going to find a way for them to figure it out. We'll change the key. Whatever we need to do, I'm known to change a key, that's for sure, whatever they need. And so there are younger and older divisions? Yeah, we still have our two divisions, although during the school year we're broken up into three divisions. And that just kind of came about because K-1 through was getting big, uh, which was exciting. And I have a lead teacher, 
Melissa Lingle, uh, who works with Riverside Elementary and has been with CAPA since the beginning. So we broke off into another division. But in the summertime, yes, just two divisions. The littles have to be five years old to, to come. And there is like a half-day option for the littlest ones because it could be a long, a long camp day. We start at nine. We end at four. And yes, those two divisions work very separate of each other. You know, we share the stage. We share uh, the space that we eat in. You know, we'll eat lunch at different hours and things like that. The staff is pretty much separate as well, although we might have a little bit of crossover with a choreographer or an art teacher or something like that. But they have their own lead teachers as far as directors and music directors and things like that. But then we come together at Tech Week. We watch each other's shows, which is great because the older kids love watching (laughs) our Playhouse division uh, get through their stuff. And, you know, they cheer them on and vice versa. And then here we are at show weekend. So they're able to do this every two weeks. It's it's still baffling to me how they pull it off. But but they do every time. What are the dates this coming summer and if your little one is, you think, ready for the stage, uh, again, just the exploratory moment, or your young one had, you know, a ton of stage experience. That's the neat thing about CAPA is we kind of merge with kids that are not experienced with kids that are. that are. We start June 19th this summer. That's our session one. We have two divisions. Our playhouse is K through five, and our junior players is sixth through 12th grade. And we go every two weeks. We are taking a week off for 4th of July, so we'll, we'll be dark then. But then we go again every two weeks. And the summer season ends August 19. But great titles this year. Finding Nemo is a new title. Junie B. Jones. We're going to have a ton of fun with Footloose, a youth edition of that. And then the big finale is Wizard of Oz, which we haven't done in a while. Sherry, you and Michael have recently welcomed James Olecki as the new executive director of the Enterprise. And James, you're joining us online. Welcome. We're curious about your ties to this area. Sherry said you may even have known the Ritz Theater when you were a young'un. Uh, I, I, I did. I did. You know, when I was younger, it was a theater that, you know, had lost its luster a little bit and sort of had gone by the wayside. But I grew up in a, a small town north of Scranton called Hopbottom and went to Mountain View for, for school and then ended up attending Marywood University and then moved to, directly to New York City for 25 years and worked as a strategic advisor and fixer for celebrities and politicians and high-profile people, as well as large corporate brands such as Coca-Cola, AT&T, Nike, UBS, Bank of America, et cetera. Did the COVID pandemic arrive at the end of that 25 years, or did you stick it out through the pandemic or part of it? So, so you know, there were a couple of things. Probably the, the most determining factor was I met my wife, and uh, she sort of helped change my perspective on life. You know, living in New York was great, and it's a great city. It's struggling a little bit now after the pandemic, as most major cities are. But I sort of had had done my time there and was looking for a more fulfilling way of life, something where I gave back and, you know, more philanthropic and I've always had a passion for working with children. I ran the Dixon City Civic Center while I was going to Marywood University. And just that was always in the back of my mind as I went through my career. 
I had been supporting the Ritz and Michael and, and Sherry Melcher for, for a few years while I was in New York, and I would come back to see the shows. But once I met my wife and decided, we decided that we were both in a place in our lives and our careers that we could move back and work remotely or more remotely. They asked me to to take a more leadership role in the theater in sort of growing the business and and expanding and, and broadening our awareness. And that's what I've been doing since October. You know, what I found out was I, I had a chip growing up uh, on my shoulder that wanted to prove people wrong. And I wanted to be a role model for this area in terms of chasing your dreams and going after it. You know, a lot of people say people from around here can't make it in a city like New York. And uh, I never believed that. I had a, a teacher ask me one time, do you want to be a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big pond? And I said, I want to be a big fish in a big pond. And I just sort of wore that chip for a while. And it was my, my motivation and my inspiration every day to work harder than everybody else. But along with that comes some sacrifices. And, uh, you know, once I hit 40 years old, uh, priorities started to shift. And it wasn't as important to work with famous people or make a lot of money. Uh, I wanted to have a sense of community again, which I believe Lackawanna County and Scranton in particular has a wonderful sense of community. And that's why I wanted to come back and give back and really do my part in the what I believe is going to be a renaissance in the area. And the fact is that you're particularly devoting your talents, as you suggested, to working with children, making sure children have access to the arts. Well, that, that's exactly right, Erica. I believe that the, the arts serve as a real foundation for future leadership. If you can act, sing, and dance in front of an audience, you're not going to have a hard time speaking in front of employees as a leader one day. And it teaches you a lot of core values. But, you know, my passion with children is, is really around what's happened through the pandemic and, and mobile technology, to be honest with you. Young folks are really struggling with mental health these days. And the, the phones uh, and the iPads have really done a number on self-esteem. And again, that socialization, it just They're just not getting out and about and and interacting or engaging with their friends like I used to when I was a kid. And I think that's so important. And it's, you know, if I can do a part and we at the Ritz Theater can, can serve a role in that, bringing people together, bringing families together, bringing friends together to create memorable moments for the audiences, that's really what we're trying to do, to be a genuine community resource that everybody loves to come to and congregate at. And we have a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. You know, there's, there's a lot of simplicity and a smile, but the end result is, is miles long. And if we can, we can help children process their feelings and process their situations and feel loved and feel like they matter and, and to smile, well, I believe that's, that's what I want to leave as my legacy. That's for sure. Let me ask you about the Ritz Theater itself. You remember when it was a movie theater and not its glory days, but that's a theater that has a tradition that goes way back in Scranton. Amazing history here. You know, 115 years old, was built by the largest theater owner in the world in the early 1900s. This is the only one still operable, which, again, broadens out and speaks to the vibrancy and the the amazing history and potential of Lackawanna County in Scranton. 
But the theater, Mike and Sherry, I, I can't say enough about them in terms of what they've been able to accomplish over the last seven, eight years. And now I'm just trying to do my part to, to take it to the next level and help them and work alongside them every day to take it to the next level. And we're doing that. You know, audiences are growing again after COVID. You know, we're not back fully, but they are growing. Our, our shows are phenomenal. Again, the talent of Mike and Sherry is, is, is unmatched in terms of artistic creativity and, and what they're teaching the kids. And that's so rewarding for me to see every day. And I just try to try to do my part. I think I've been on the website and it says that if we want, we can sign up and have a tour of this building. Is that true? Yes, we give, we, we run a number of things, you know, part of what Mike Sherry and I have been working on is diversifying a little bit into attracting different audiences. Really the foundation, the bread and butter for us is the CAPA program that Sherry is the head of, and, you know, that will remain children's programming, children performing on stage, as well as professional actors putting on children's performances. That will remain our bread and butter, but We do. The history of the building, so we do a lot of historical tours. We have a historian on staff. Uh, We do murder mysteries. We do all kinds of games. We're going to get into potential movie nights and independent films, and we do a lot of dinner theaters. We're really having a lot of success with our holiday brunch and breakfast specials where for Christmas, you know, we put on a little Charlie Brown Christmas play. People were able to eat a beautiful brunch served by by Michael, and then Santa came out at the end, and we got pictures with Santa. We're doing the same thing this upcoming week, April 1st and April 8th, with the Easter Bunny, Breakfast with the Bunny, and we have over 150 people coming for a number of seatings over the next two weekends. So, So we're really trying to broaden the awareness and diversify our offerings, so we have a little bit of something for everybody. James Olecki, Chief Executive Officer of the Ritz Theater and Performing Arts Center, 222 Wyoming Avenue in downtown Scranton, and Sherry Melcher, co-founder with Michael Melcher, and she is the Creative Director of CAPA, the Creative and Performing Arts Academy of Northeast Pennsylvania. They spoke with us about CAPA and its offerings and the upcoming summer camp program getting underway on June 19th, running through August 19th. For more information on the web, it's kappa.org. And kappa is C-A-P-A-A for Creative and Performing Arts Academy. So that's C-A-P-A-A dot org. <laughs>